Welcome to the Roll for Crit podcast, episode number one. And this is your number one resource for news and discussion from the world of tabletop gaming, board games, card games, role-playing games, and more. Probably actually just limited to those three things I just said, though. My name is Jonathan Estes. And I'm Will Keeler. And to start off every show, since this is the first one, I'm going to be explaining it. We are going to roll this lovely 20-side die. It's not weighted anyway, which will determine the outcome of how well the show goes. That's Let's right. Get the dice rolling. Very excited. This is a big so, moment. What I can tell you now is more often than not, I'm going to trip up quite a bit. There's going to be some awkward pauses and uh-huh. plenty of ums. <laughs> okay, what number did you roll? That was a six. <laughs> All right. Hmm, not so good. Not a great start for our first episode. Uh, to get Well, us- at least everyone knows we're not always getting 20s and 19s. This is the real deal, including... Right. Right. Probably some uh, death by rocks. Well, you can't just start out with a high number. You got to give people something to root for each week. And also, I don't know if we've discussed if we have any modifiers or bonuses. <laughs> I think. I, I think guess- if something comes up, like if it's a holiday or like Will hasn't had his caffeine yet, so that's a minus two. Mm, could be, could be, but uh, but that's our six. That's okay. Uh, just because this is our very first episode, we should explain a little bit about who we are. Roll for crit is a YouTube channel. Uh, you can find all our stuff at rollforcrit.com, of course. And we originally, we actually did start with video podcasts, which were also in audio format. We eventually transitioned away from those and went primarily into just video content, short form. And now we are, are coming full circle and we're going back to the podcast format. <laughs> so we've really, we've had quite a journey. Uh, but if you're not familiar with us, we are fans of all kinds of different board games. I, I'd say we're we're what you call an omnivore, which means, uh, you know, we don't really focus specifically on any one type of game. We kind of like to play a little bit of everything for the most part. I think, would you agree with that assessment? Oh, yeah. We're, we're, we like to dip our toes into all the different kinds of gameplay. Uh, there are obviously ones that we enjoy more than anything else, not anything else than others, because, you know, we're people. So there are certain things we like more. That is true. We are human. We are fallible. And we're not going to be alone on this journey. Every week, we're going to have a special guest from the board game industry. Because it's our first episode, we have, oh, an even more special guest to to share in the discussion with you all. Uh, You may be familiar with him from his work on Roll for Crit itself. Uh, as our producer editing videos popping up here and there in various streams and whatnot he's a he's a talented uh editor and media savvy guy all in his own right he's he's a half orc fighter (laughs) named lord (laughs) featherbottom the second but today we'll be referring to him as ivan han ivan Welcome to the show. Hello, thank you for uh, for having me. I'm 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 a little upset that the first episode is a six. That uh, that makes me look bad. <laughs> well, it's okay. You didn't roll it. I mean, it could be the guest could have an influence. Don't it's true. Don't take it's, away. His it's definitely guilt. going to uh, going to push me through the episode of of trying to be better. Trying to make this episode of twenty. <laughs> so uh, we, I mean, obviously we have known known each other for a pretty long time. We I just met you guys today. I, yeah, <laughs> in in many ways, yes. In many ways, we hardly know each other at all. It's true. Uh, 
But uh, we are all joined together on this journey. You're 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 part of our party for today's episode, if you will. Right. So how's that? We're all, we're a fellowship of we're, sorts. We're one. We're one tight knit knit group of uh, warriors. Uh-huh. Yeah, you really. You I got... really hope this doesn't turn out to be a one shot. Well, yeah, uh, as as do I, as do I. All right, let's get into it. We are going to actually talk about board games in this episode. We won't always be wasting this much time at the top of the show, but just for fun, we will this this week. Uh, We are going to begin with our news segment where we're going to hear what's going on in the world of board games. And here, my friends, is a little bumper to introduce it. News Roundup. What do you think about that? <laughs> I love oh, it. Oh, God. I mean, I know I heard them already, but still, chicken now is. It's I want great. that as my ringtone for whenever you call me. I'm just going to put this out there also that this is since this is our first episode. If any listeners uh, decide they want to submit their own versions of any bumpers, feel free. <laughs> Roll for credit gmail.com. Uh, yes. Uh, speaking of which, a little bit of a quick background, because like I said, I heard these before. And Jonathan's like, I actually cannot find for the life of me that actual noise that we hear usually in most other news intros. Right. Like I, which I assume is Morse, like Morse code that whatever that machine's called. But <laughs> I don't even. Yeah, I have no. I, th- I thought it was like a telegraph. See, now I want to find out. Well, isn't what, that Morse code? I don't know what they're actually saying in Morse code or if it's just just random BS. I Morse don't code. know what that sounds. I, I, I can is. tell you what it's what it is. It's oh. like, subscribe, click yeah. the bell. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Oh. Huh. <laughs> anyway, uh, this is the news roundup. We're going to talk about some of the gaming news stories from the past week or so. Hmm. Uh, starting off, it's it's kind of award season right now for board games. Uh, board game award season kind of shifts. There's like <laughs> the Dice Tower, Board Game Geek, then the Spiel des Jahres. They they sort of come at different periods in the year. But one that was just founded last year, it's a brand new uh, type of award, the American Tabletop Awards, or as I like to call them, the Addas. Oh, they announced their winners for the year 2021. Uh, but of course, these are four games that came out in 2020. And they are as follows. For early gamers, Abandon All Artichokes was the winner. It's a cute little game about getting vegetables and things. Uh, for casual games, the Crew, The Quest for Planet Nine, uh, outer space trick-taking game with limited communication. Strategy games won Calico. Calico was the winner there. The tile placement game, uh, where you're trying to get little cats to set in your special quilt. And the complex games category was awarded to Dom- Domination's Road to Civilization, which is a civilization game. You have this tribal society and you're trying to build them up and make them more powerful that's kind of a mouthful for a title it's a dominant it rhymes with itself as well yeah dominations road to civilization any ivan any thoughts on on these on these winners or 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 the board game awards in general so i I just had a a question which i i guess i can kind of answer myself so they 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 call this (laughs) now this is good podcasting (laughs) great podcasting folks (laughs) early gamers is that basically the kids game section i believe that is correct yeah they have uh okay. they have little sections that explain in detail on their website uh what these things mean but yeah it's for younger so, so gamers they say 12 and under okay so it's not for people who wake up early and want to play games with their cup of coffee because <laughs> that would be a category i would love these are your these are your early riser games these are your stay up late games you know get you ready for your day yeah i mean they they really should 
They should. You'll but, have uh, to start up uh, your own uh, award system with that. And like, after you've played a long game with backstabbing award. <laughs> if you haven't slept the night before, this is the game for you. You've had three Red Bulls awards. Right. Um, but going off of the, uh, the artichoke game, it, it looks really cute. Like, that's just a, a pretty game to have on a shelf. Yeah, yeah, it looks cute. It's not, um, you know, we usually don't play kids games. None of us have kids right here, but uh, it, it does look pretty cute. And I do think that that's a, there's room for some interesting designs in that realm as well. And I'm happy that they they recognize kids games or, 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 or young adult games in this category or in this award. Yeah, usually it's, you know, for the Spiel des Jahres, they have the Kinder Spiel. Right. Um, but it's always some, I feel like it's always a German game that we've never heard of. Like the, like the other categories of Spiel des Jahres usually are more global. I feel like the kids games are seem like they're only published in Europe. <laughs> right. Well, <laughs> or, because or all, not always, but sometimes. Because kids games here were, were made in the 50s, and those are the kids games that we have. Right. We have, you know, the game of life and, and those kind of games. Right. Yes. I they, call those the dust collector games. Hi ho, Cherio. Right. That, that's my favorite. Ooh, what uh, was my uh, I think, <laughs> shoots and ladders or Candyland? Those were my. Well, yeah. I think that's one of the reasons why the American Tabletop Awards sprung up was to be like, all right, we don't see some of these things, or like something wins an award a year after we've seen it. So this is a way to be like, it caters more to, well, the American audience. Right. I mean, if you look through their nominations, these are, none of them are things that I would probably fall under the Hasbro. If you, if you find Candyland boring, you're not going to like any of them. Like these, most of these are pretty interesting or things we probably want to at least try once. Yeah. Right. Like it's, it's like an early introduction of, of, of heavier games for kids. Well, uh, Will, what, what are your thoughts on, of course we have our own, uh, top 10 lists at the end of each year what what was your take on these awards compared to other awards i definitely <laughs> want to try out heart artichokes uh i may be a little biased because i i just i've had artichoke in a while and i really do like artichoke huh the calico obviously big fan of that game i'm not as big on the crew but i'm happy it's winning and i know a lot of people like it you know so as long as uh people are happy with that i remember uh dominations when it was on Kickstarter. At least I'm per almost certain mm. I saw it whenever it on Kickstarter. I could be thinking something else. And I'm very curious to try that one out. Yeah, that I I somehow must have just missed that one or forgot about it. I, I'm I'm surprised that that big a category was won by something that I truly had never heard of before looking at this. Um, but now, I think that's what happens with Kickstarter games sometimes. If you just miss them, they're gone. Now Calico, has that been out for a while? Or are these from this year? The, the Most of these are, I think all of them are 2020 games. So, so I feel like I've seen Calico for a while, but that's could also have been at uh, conventions or Kickstarters in the maybe. past. Maybe. I think it came out, you know, halfway or maybe earlier on in 2020. So, okay. And a certain, I certainly remember that. I think, I think the cover art is just so iconic. It's a cat. It, it really, I mean, it is, it's beautiful. It's a cat. It's um Elizabeth, or not Elizabeth, Beth Sobel who did wingspan because it reminds Art. me also of the uh the quilt game uh patch patchwork patchwork, patchwork. yeah 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 for oh, sure the cat's laying on a quilt so i mean <laughs> and also <laughs> like that just, i would just have that as art on my on my shelf oh like, that's yeah one oh, of the, i mean there's the so many ones. board games i'm like i'll i'll just 
take a picture of the cover if I can just get that. And that's just twenty. Like that's just a calming. Like that's a twenty twenty board game right there. Until you actually start playing it, then you're like, how do I get this pattern to match up? Well, yeah, I put it here. I can get. But then you just then you just look at the cat and you calm down. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I feel like they, they made some good choices. I like the kind of runners up as well, uh, for strategy game, it searched for planet X and my city. Um, and then for complex games, they had Dune Imperium and Gloomhaven jaws of the lion. So mm. the dominations must be pretty good to beat those out. I mean, i definitely really want to give it a shot now. Yeah. I mean, I've only heard great things about Dune Imperium, obviously Gloomhaven, everyone knows and loves in the board game world. So definitely need to give it a shot. Um, I, I honestly, though, really want to still try out. Even I think we, we did like a, a small demo. It was a recommendations for the casual uh, Mondrosity. Oh, yeah, Mondrosity. Thank you. <laughs> but any, the thing is, and I get why also, like I don't think a game like that can win because I feel games that involve drawing, mm. I, at least my experience tend to be either like you it's like black licorice people hate it or love it <laughs> i happen to love drawing games but i know when i bring them to the table i always see half the table groan because like i don't know how to draw anything more than a stick figure well that's the thing too because you can either have a whole bunch of artists at your table who draw every day or people who are terrible at drawing but if you if it's your main group i feel like you just have to figure that out between the group of you and be like listen if you're drawing bad we still get it you're going to play and you're gonna like it <laughs> well that is the thing about, i think about monstrosity and uh, similarly pictomania which is probably my favorite drawing game they they are kind of designed same the same way i feel like wits and wagers is a trivia game that's designed so you don't need to know trivia to play it i think right. those games are designed around the fact that players might be bad at drawing and that's kind of the point of it that's kind of the fun of it is because you're trying to guess and the worse you are, it might just end up being funnier. It's not like Pictionary where it actually is your drawing skill will determine your victory. Mm -hmm. I think the better drawing games are more modern ones that are like, uh, you know, they they do something fun with it, which I think Monstrosity does too. We got, we played a little, just a demo of that one, but it's a fun where you're like trying to draw monster, describe monster parts and try to draw them (laughs) as closely as people say. It's really neat. That can go in a a dark direction too, I'm sure. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that depends on your group. So those are the Addo Award winners. I think it's a cool uh, a cool organization. A lot of cool different content creators put that one together. Uh, you can go check out the full list. And I like it because it's, it's, it's new. Yeah. It's a new organization, company, whatever you call it. And uh, it'll give some hopefully fresh eyes to the, the industry. And it's nice to have... You know, every like individual website has their awards. Like right, right. the board game geek, other than Spiel des Jahres, I feel like Board Game Geek and Dice Tower are probably the two most uh, known awards groups in the board game industry. But they're also they're tied to a specific site, so it's nice to have something that's right. trying to be more like more like the Spiel des Jahres, more like a sort of an Oscars, if you will. Right. Don't forget to check out our lists and, of course, our critical hits at the end of each year. <laughs> yeah. I mean, ours are great, too. I mean, <laughs> well, some, the thing that's nice about the personal sites is that, you know, you know those creators and you kind of get a feel for what they like. And right. this this I, I like in the Spiel is Yars is nice because it's more like an academy, so to speak, that's like a voting body. It's, it's a different sort of a thing. Right. Like hopefully chosen, like somebody from each field or 
a better group of um, strangers. More more universal, less like, oh, well, you know what kind of games Will likes. So right. like his number one might not be the same as yours, but this might be more broader reaching. I don't know. All right. Next up, Marvel Champions, which we're going to be talking about a little later on, had a new announcement for their next hero pack. This is the living card game from Fantasy Flight, where you play as Marvel heroes cooperatively to take down villains. And they announced Venom as their next hero pack. You can play as Venom. He revolves around finding special weapons in his deck, as well as being able to spend his own health in exchange for generating resources to play more cards. This is the Flash Thompson version of Venom, who really is, I, I would say he's it's more the agent Venom mm-hmm. that uh, is a sort of a different version of Venom that was established in the comics, but they're just calling it Venom. And then I, I, the reason, partially the reason this is so interesting, I mean, you know, these LCGs, they're announcing new characters all the time. Right. But part of the reason this is interesting is because it's sort of a soft confirmation of a leak that someone found earlier in the year of upcoming uh, Marvel champion sets, uh, which includes Nebula, War Machine, Valkyrie, and Vision, as well as a couple of uh, big boxes in there. It sounds like they're going to have more Guardian stuff, some other goodies that we're not sure what they are. So uh, a lot of things coming this year. What do we think? What do we think about about Venom and or uh any of these any of these future sets will why don't you tell us what you're you're a you know about the comics sometimes i mean vaguely (laughs) i know about and i do like the character design of agent i mean it's that very like i'm a anti-hero obvious thing Mm -hmm. but it's cool the two things that bother me though is one it doesn't say agent venom i think they should have i think they did didn't do that because that way if someone when they make a another venom the consensus the star hmm like, it's the, I, yeah, you're only allowed to have one copy of a of a same name hero in play at a time. Uh, right. So okay. I think that's why, which I'm that I'm a little bit more forgiving. The thing that that bothers me a bit more, and I really wish they did because I think it could be for future sets in particular. With I don't know if the story arc's over, but I know there was a recent story arc. If you look at Venom's keywords, it's Guardian and Space Knight, right? But not Symbiote. Which is a keyword on his nemesis. Hmm. And I really wish that had it there because I know a recent story arc is they finally visit the planet Venom, the Venom symbiotes are from. I forget the name. And apparently there's an ancient god of theirs which is coming to invade Earth. And I think in a future box, it would be interesting to be like, all symbiotes do this. So it's like, well, the enemies get a, a attack bonus, but since we're playing with two hero symbiotes, they get a bonus, you know, something like that. Yeah, may- maybe the idea is that he is not like fully like he's more in control of the symbiote, like it's part of him as opposed to the symbiote itself is the thematic reasoning for. I mean, I'm sure there's also a gameplay reason that they just didn't want to do that for who knows why the, the with all the different keywords they have in overlapping as the game gets bigger and bigger. I do think it's really cool that his nemesis is himself. I was, <laughs> I was just reading that and that definitely like the way they worded it stuck out to me. It's like, Oh no, he, he's fighting him. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's neat. I, I any other thoughts Ivan on, I know, I know you're, you haven't had the chance to play Marvel champions, right? I haven't had a chance to play, but um, I don't even know if I, I'm sure I've seen it hit the table a few times but 
just going over the art because I've seen some art on these that looks not so great. Mm. Um, <laughs> but the art on like I really love the style they went for with this. Um, it all like it flushes well together. It ties in all the other cards to it and. They just did a really good job. I don't, does it say who the artist is? Uh, yeah, at the bottom of each card, there's a little. Okay. There's a little. I think if it doesn't have a name at the bottom, that probably means it comes from uh, a comic Marvel's book. Marvel's like, yeah, or like Marvel just has like their database of images. Right. But most from. of them do that I see. And now, yeah. mechan- we, we talked about art and stuff, but mechanically, Jonathan, what do you think? It seems, I'm still going to, I'm just going to call him Agent Venom for. Because sure. in the future, it seems to me his idea is when you play one of his abilities, mostly events, it looks like, if you spend a particular resource to only cast it. So like all science or all whatever the fist resource is called. Mm-hmm. Strength. Get, strength. Thank you. You get a bonus. <laughs> what do you? How do you feel about that? I mean, obviously, without it in hand, you can't talk about that kind of play style. Yeah, I think that sounds like a cool gimmick. I mean, I'm always amazed that how they're able to in games like um, even Marvel legendary or any LCG like this, where they're able to continually come up with new gimmicks for heroes that feel thematic and feel different Mm. within this framework without inventing too much. I mean, they might have a new keyword, but for I'm in my limited imagination. I'm always like, what do you even, what you just, they draw more, you know? So I think that's a, I think that could be a fun way because normally it doesn't matter what type of resource you spend. So I've at least for me, I, I'll have to see what his cards do, especially his other half. I feel like this is one where it's going to be like meh, unless you customize it. Like I imagine actually being like, I'm going to make everything the science resource. Like I don't care about the cards to give the 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 fist bonus. I just want to make sure I can always do behind enemy lines, mm. like constantly. I feel like that's what you're going to need to do to make sure he shines. Could be, could be. I don't know. Yeah. Well, well, that's uh, that's why you can make them your own thing <laughs> if if you need to. But uh, and speaking of the the soft leak, which you know seems oh, yeah. likely, but that sounds not sure. let's not let's not speak about soft leaks. But yes, <laughs> yes. The uh... <laughs> I, I th- I'm very excited for Vision, and I do hope one card in there has some art that sort of is referencing the WandaVision show. I think that'd be cute. I don't know if they'll have. Um, I don't think they have a. Do they have a team up? I can't remember. Maybe they do. I don't remember if they have a team up ability or not. Some of the some of the heroes in Marvel Champions will have bonuses if they play together. No. I don't even mean like a team up, just like a, a piece of art that's like, uh, like it's like maybe black or white or something. Mm, could be. Fun. I wonder if his nemesis will be the the new Vision that was made. <laughs> do you I'm think? I, I'm going to bring us off track a little bit, and I apologize. Please do. Do you think there's going to be a WandaVision? Card game or a one division card game specifically, right? Um, I, 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 you know what? I'm gonna say yes. I think what we're going to get in some time in the near future, I think probably after Loki and maybe one more show, mm-hmm. would be a like the small pack for legendary they did for Spider Man, but it's gonna be like okay. one is Flash and Wanda, one is Winter Soldier and Falcon. One is the new Loki. Like, they're right. going to make a small pack for that. But you're saying for Marvel Champions as an expansion? No, Legendary. I think Legendary oh. is going to. I don't. Oh, oh okay. Okay. Because we've seen the live, the cinematic universe enter Legendary. Right. I, we have not seen any of that right. in Champions yet. 
they oh, might... you think it would be you think it'll actually be photos from the shows? Or yes. You... Oh, just I, like just like I don't Spider-Man. think they're gonna do that, but uh, are you guys uh anti photos from shows on the cards? <laughs> we, I mean, we, I am. we very much are, I think, in yeah. agreement on that. Yeah. <laughs> it just tends to I just feel like it, they... it can be done well sometimes, but I always prefer art. It just feels cheap. It just feels it's, like they just had an intern go through and, and screen right. grab. The, the problem is it's, it's you sort of have to be very creative. And like sometimes it just feels like, all right, she's raising a hand and waving. What do we name this ability? It's less right. about like what is the, the art does not serve the card. The card serves the art. Well, it also feels like the 80s, too, from all those movie based games. That said, unlike I feel Spider-Man, well, Spider-Man, not as much, but definitely the cinematic anniversary one. Mm. uh corset i feel because the shows are taking at least i don't know about winter soldier and the falcon but the other two took d- such different Please, paths it's to- the falcon and winter soldier give, give give the man the first billing he he deserves <laughs> i assume that no i assume they are much different than i think how we usually see the, those characters so i think they can be they will be much different than how we've already seen those characters in legendary okay which will be a little bit more helpful who knows what the future may bring? Maybe Cryptozoic will get a Marvel license and they'll do what they do with Rick and Morty and they make a new card game for every episode that right. exists. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, one one division could be you have a new multiple card games, one for each decade. I wouldn't be mad about Groovy. that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so that's uh, Marvel Champions. Of course, look forward to more releases of that coming out pretty much always. Now... <laughs> Uh, last story for this week, we have a, a I've got a PSA about mm-hmm. PSA, oh. which I learned today stands for professional sports um, uh, authenticator. Yes. Authenticator. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I learned it. And I forgot it and had to double check. <laughs> well, you, you learned the first half. <laughs> so this is a, a service, an organization. What they do is they uh, grade collectible items to determine their value. So like trading cards, I think they also do coins and stuff like that but you know baseball cards card games magic cards uh, whatnot and apparently they're having some issues uh they have suspended submissions they're currently not expect- accepting any new submissions for cards to be graded until july 1st because they're just overwhelmed uh they have had way more submissions uh since covid kicked in uh, than they are normally used to. I do not know why that is the case. I I, <laughs> I, I, I can. So <laughs> well, right. Will, you are actually yes, the um, I am the you, trading you know card about trading guy card here. All right, so here's the deal: when COVID hit and everyone inside, we all started to pick up more indoor hobbies. One of which tended to be trading cards. Now, for people who enjoy sports, there are plenty of sports card games out there. But when people realized more people were interested in these things, like, oh, I'm going to buy these things up. You may have noticed if you watch a lot of streamers and stuff, they did more unboxings and openings, especially for Pokemon cards, because there's a lot more younger audience that will watch those and be get super excited. Like, oh, I got the Charizard. And then what they do is when you get a really nice card, you can send it to the company like this. I don't know if there are others because I've never really done this. And they grade it, which means we have confirmed this is like mint condition. And that means you can now sell it at a very high price. So what's happening is we're getting a lot of the 
scalpers who go to now these places target now for example won't let you to buy more than three packs or they won't even tell you when the guy comes to restock it because people would come there and then just buy everything they'll open them find the good stuff get it graded send it to this place so they can sell it at four times the price right so what we're seeing right now is everyone trying to get their stuff graded so they can sell it because there are people who might the sports ones as far as I know, there's not a game attached. It's collecting, so you want the people you, you you enjoy playing. But you know, for Pokemon or Magic, there are there are the people who are nostalgic for the old 150 and be like, man, I miss that Charizard. So they're willing to pay what is it like three hundred thousand dollars, right? And of course, people who want to just play the games, are like, well, I need that card. Well, good news for you, you can get it for three hundred dollars. So. <laughs> I am not a fan of this. Not the them grading, just the <laughs> the fact that this is happening. It's because there's such limited supply and everyone's just trying to take advantage. I just feel, especially for those that are for the game one side, and I feel bad for the sports collectors too, because I know just like when you play EA games, when you're like, I want to open those loot boxes to get just so I can play with my favorite baseball per person who's like, well, guess what? That's that guy's not going to be available after March 30th. What are they called? Those baseball people? <laughs> we are big sports fanatics here. <laughs> so in, in, if you ever listen to this podcast, you will know I'm going to forget words. No, it's well, not no. just because I don't watch sports. I will forget a game and be like, it's a deck. Uh, no, I can tell thing. you, I don't watch sports and I just, I assume that's what they were called. <laughs> They're actors, I think, but, uh, yeah, so so maybe so in lieu of stimulus checks, are, are people are selling their their trading card games. Well, my take on this was a lot of people, like you said, you were saying, have been home and and not leaving the house and trying to find something to do. I'm assuming a lot of people that are our age or around our age have been going up in the attic and pulling down old boxes of their old uh, trading cards and all that, and also sending them in to get graded. That is also a possibility. I do think, though, a lot of it just has come from the attention they've gotten. And maybe because they found it up, as you said, in their attic. Right. But also the supply and demand has shifted as demand has gone up while supply has gone down because we can't print as much. And also right. they didn't expect that much to increase. Because I've sent things to this company to get graded before. Um, I have because I, I believe it's this company or it's an offshoot of them. I've sent a few uh, signed comic books to them to get um, graded. And uh, I forgot when they put it in the plastic, there's a name for that. But um, and the turnaround is usually like a month or so because you have to ship it out, have somebody go through each page, look at it, put a grade on it, register it, I believe, and then send it back. So it usually does take a while. And it's it's something that a computer can't just go through and do. So it's a very hands-on um, process. Yeah. Yes, it's it's got to be the kind of thing because they're going to put it down, see if it's curving anyway, right? Things like that, and plus have the money and the the talent there to not ruin your card. Yes, I do know. Actually, my because uh, I helped do a bunch of a magic card sorting over this weekend, and my brother has a card. He's like, "Oh, this is a fun card. I'm going to just look at the price." And this is right before things close down. It's it's selling for a thousand dollars. Right. Oh yeah. You know. And he's just like, oh, I need to be more careful with this card. But that's $1,000 graded, correct? I mean, we just tend to look at price on TCG Player. Okay. Like, if you want to buy a single, I don't know. 
but I'm sure he's going to do that. It's 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 a card signed by Richard Garfield because mm. it, the card is Richard Garfield. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Is that a new card? Is that a promo or something? No, it's an old joke card. They have these joke sets every now and then. And for the first one, Richard Garfield was in it. Richard Garfield, of course, the designer of Magic the Gathering. Mm -hmm. And many other great games, including Keyforge. (laughs) That's right. This show is not sponsored or endorsed by Richard Garfield. Which $1,000. But if you want to be on the show, call us. (laughs) Yeah. What are you saying? I have $1,000? Seems low for that kind of card. Uh, Yeah, I I don't know. I don't know what the... I mean, if you could, considering, remember, this is not like an actually played card because it's illegal. It's wow. still pretty impressive. So it's pure, it's yes, purely a collector's item. So you're just buying it for art. I mean, you can play it in a game, but the silver border cards are usually so jokey and weird. They're things like hold your breath and whoever holds it longest or dexterity things, you know, right. things if you actually brought to a table, someone's going to get a little angry about. <laughs> well, hopefully by July 1st, they'll have time to get through all these submissions and clear it up. And I can finally figure out how much my uh, binder of Pokemon cards is worth. <laughs> Probably about $7 <laughs> that I've had. Uh, that's the most I can well, give you right now. Well, that's <laughs> for the binder. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, it's a nice binder. Uh, and that does it for all the news stories this week. Now it's time for us to make some picks in Kickstarter Pickstarter. Oh, this one looks uh, nice. It's one. nice. It's I'll, nice. I'll, 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 this one. Kickstarter Pickstarter. All right. So uh, in this segment, of course, Kickstarter, uh, we like crowdfunded board games in the world of board games. That's a huge thing. You can really not even avoid it if you're going to talk about new games coming out. We are each going to pick one crowdfunding project that we believe is our favorite that we want to talk about for any reason. And we'll begin with you, Ivan. What's your what's your pick? So I picked the 20th anniversary edition of Zombies with three exclamation points. All they, right. They should have added more exclamation points for each year they've been together. <laughs> it just takes up the whole the entire The whole box. front is just exclamation points. Anyway, so Twilight Creations uh, is putting out this 20th anniversary edition of Zombies. And the new edition gives you a uh, gives you thicker map tiles, which I believe last time we played this, they were just basic cards. Um, mm. You get three D pieces, three D pieces like hearts, bullets, and a three D printed helicopter, which will add some fun to your table. Some dice cards, a downloadable soundtrack, and over one hundred zombie figures with sixteen different poses. That's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot of zombies. It is. And uh, I'm sure you can use those zombies for other games if you wish. It's always good to just have a, right. a sack of zombies laying around your house. <laughs> yeah. Now, if you already own this game, you can also back an upgrade kit. So you don't need to repurchase the entire game just to get the new stuff. Um, it would add all the new items like the 3D pieces, the thicker cards, and all that to your previous version. Yes. Yeah. No, that is that is good. That is great. Now, zombies. This is this is one of those games that has like seventeen expansions. Yeah, and then uh, the spinoffs like humans, I believe, <laughs> if I remember correctly. Yeah, that sounds right. I'm I'm trying to remember. Did you own a copy of the original Zombies, Ivan? I don't remember if I, I think I do somewhere. <laughs> I know I've played this We've, like once or twice. I think we played this in one of our big gatherings a I long remember. time ago. I was I, not at the table for this one then. Because I do not remember playing this. Yeah, just just the basic zombies, and it's a very 
it's a it's definitely a game that has a you know 20th anniversary it's been around a while and i think you right. you certainly feel that it's feels like one of those a lo- kind of alongside munchkin like kind of that in the first one of those first waves of right new board games it reminds me a lot of betrayal the way this game is set up because mm. it's a it's a the way the board is set up it's the um four by four grid of square cards which is why i'm really happy that they are doing a thicker tile because after a while all these game pieces if you if you had it from the the, the day one it's a 20 year old game some of these pieces are getting nasty and the, the edges are curling up and just having a fresh take on it is is fun yeah i also liked that you mentioned the the dice cards that's an option if you don't want to roll dice instead you have cards numbered one through six right and you can play whichever one you want but you don't get them back into your hand until you've played every card right because it, nice. it mentions on the kickstarter page if, if if dice rolls are are crappy for you the cards are a different then the cards will be happy Right. Well, I, I I don't know. It seemed like you were know. doing a rhyme. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always trying to rhyme. Um, but there are different. So this is a, a fairly large uh, campaign, a Kickstarter campaign. You can, of course, unlock. I mean, um, back the base game, which is the has all the extra pieces to it. But you can also just do the upgrade, and they have a zombies. Where is it? Sorry. Find it zombies expansion and that will run you $18 the upgrade kit will run you $20 and if you want just the brand new version the 20th anniversary version of the game that's going to cost $50 I'm kind of disappointed they don't have as these sometimes these kinds of projects have a tier that is just literally every zombie thing that exists because I'm curious how much that would cost (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah Uh, because they have a I want to see now how many versions they have of this game. Because There's at least like 13. 13 or something. Yeah. yeah. I know they definitely got into the double digits. Yeah. That's insane. <laughs> that, that's, yeah, that's just standard expansions. Now, I wonder if they're going to start redoing versions of each. Mm, that's always the tricky version. thing with the with the new edition. Well, it depends. Yeah, I don't know. It sounds like this maybe it would still be compatible. It's just better components, but maybe right. there's stuff that would change it up a little bit and honestly like i chose this because i love zombie movies and the way they did this and even their kickstarter video it's like a cheesy zombie film i think that's the whole um, look of the game like yeah even have the the film on the sides of the boxes and stuff and i mean believe it or die right well <laughs> and know? uh their booth at uh gen con and other conventions is always set up like a really cool zombie movie yeah yeah. Well, that's yeah. Zombies 20th Anniversary Edition, which, which has uh, a couple weeks to go and is currently well above its funding goal. Oh, yeah. They they tripled it, I believe, as of right now. Oh, they sure did. Why, well, they almost quadrupled it. Wow. Um, Will, what's your Kickstarter pick? My pick <laughs> is another game returning to Kickstarter, and that is the Australia Big Box, plus two new expansions, Revenge of the Old Ones, and Tasmania. The original <laughs> Australia was a game in which the great old ones, you know, your Cthulhu and whatnot, are invading Australia. And you need to work together to fend off these great old ones, as we tend to try to do, unless you're a cultist. Now, these two, first of all, obviously, big box expansion, I think, pretty self explanatory. It's a big box that fits everything. Mm. Mm. Now, 
as for the actual mechanic expansions, the first one, Revenge of the Old Ones, can actually change it to a 1v all. So one player will actually take on the role of the old ones, which makes them obviously much more difficult. But the humans get some more tools to help them out because it's a little bit harder when you're not just playing against an AI, which makes sense. Mm-hmm. The other one, Tasmania, humans have decided to like, Australia's eh, too bad, we're leaving. So you head off to an island of Tasmania, which actually has two different boards. One is a pre-made board, which has a bunch of different components. The other one is actually more or less blank. And like Catan, you'll have tiles so the board can be a bit more randomized. You can have much weirder maps, including a sort of unknown center area. So two small expansions and plus a big box, including what is a very popular cooperative game. One that I am ashamed to say that I missed out on. So I'm thinking like this may be my chance to pick them all up at once. Yeah, um, this is designed by Martin Wallace, who is has done a lot of big name games, and uh, it's it looks cool. And I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's Australia with a Z. It's <laughs> a, a big got, Z. <laughs> look, when you add those capital letters in, you know it's a big deal. Right. Is that the best or the dumbest title of a board game ever? I'm not sure Oof. which. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's best by far. Now, I know I am one of those people who love big boxes, and I'm sure there are people out there who aren't. Unfortunately. You're getting the big box whether you like it or not. If you already have the base game, the first pledge level is for the big box with the expansions. So you're going to have to get that. That's going to be around $59. Now, if you're like me who's new and you want everything, that's going to be $99. Are there people who don't like big boxes? What's the what's the negative? I just assume there's always someone who, like, <laughs> I'd rather one just guy. get the, Or like, because it'd be cheaper. I, you know, just get the expansion. I don't know. I love big uh, boxes and I cannot lie. <laughs> he's, I was waiting. Right. I was waiting for that joke. I mean, I can't say that that phrase did not run through my head. <laughs> right. Just multiple times. It's on loop. I had no idea what you said. The I was going to restrain sorry. myself, but I'm glad you didn't. I'm the uh, guest. I have to. Um, but I really, they, they're showing the, uh, the organizer tray that is in the big box. And I really like what they did with that. So it's not just a giant box with just loose pieces everywhere oh yeah at this point i'm actually pretty fine with that sometimes because i'm like i have baggies as long as they give me like 50 baggies that's great <laughs> because especially if they're like guess what another expansion i'm like oh the insert doesn't right. work anymore but, but when it's the kind that you like this where you don't have to actually set anything up you just take the tray out and there you go there's yeah. your tokens mm-hmm. that's the that's the best uh, so that's australia all right <laughs> Um, I that? too have a Kickstarter pick, and I'm oh. I'm going in um, a bit of a darker direction <laughs> for our first darker first than episode. zombies. Oh uh, yeah, darker than zombies, darker than Cthulhu. By the way, congrats on the first two picks, picking two of the most overplayed themes in all right? the board games. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in contrast, I have a theme that's pretty not overplayed. Uh, this is a role playing game called First They Came. This is a very unique type of role-playing game meant to be played as a one-shot and it takes place in during world war ii in berlin and you play as a group of characters that are being pursued by nazis i know i told you it was going to get dark wow. and you are uh, li- the the setting of the game is that you are in the attic hiding as the gestapo or whoever is like you know invading your house and looking for evidence and looking for crimes and looking for you. 
And what makes this game so interesting, the gimmick of it, beyond the setting, is that you are meant to play it either in the dark or blindfolded. And as you play, there is a soundtrack, and I'm not sure if it's an app or how it works, but there's like, if you want to replay it, this tracks will have different variable lengths, so you won't necessarily know when things are going to end or, or begin. And there will be sound cues, even on the soundtrack, like you might hear someone open a drawer or something, and that might give you something to work off of as a character, as something to say. And it's kind of a, a discussion between players. And eventually, I think what you're trying to do is you have to decide as a group, like one person can go out and kind of give themselves up, or you might just all get found together if no one does that. And you're supposed to, at the end, kind of talk about like what you think happened to your characters if they weren't caught, like what happened, what were their lives like years later, the heavy, deep stuff. <laughs> but, uh, and my, my first thing, you know, I was attracted to it because of the blindfold concept I think is so neat. And I almost, I wish there was a, and maybe there is, maybe they made one. I don't know. I wish there was another game with that gimmick that wasn't so depressing. <laughs> Just right. so. Well, yeah. There, uh, I forget the, the name means like fear Nick, of the Nick Defo- Nyctophobia, the, yes. the board game has that, but, uh, but even that I, I, I just like it as a role-playing setting. I think there's something very cool about being totally immersed in this audio world. So we're like what we're doing right now with each other. Uh, so I love that idea, but I also do really appreciate anytime, you know, tabletop games bring something like this, you know, very few games are doing this type of thing. Very adult, serious themes. Real history. Yeah, and it's got it's got a whole book with like uh, you know the characters you can choose, which are based on real people in parts. And there's artwork you can look at, and all kinds of like little supplements and handouts to get you in the in the feel of whoever your character is. And I love any game that comes with a a soundtrack or or some kind of audio that really immerses you into the setting that they want you to be in. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool. Just in general, these independent and like smaller RPGs, I just feel like are the nature of how easy it is to give them out. I, I can't um, distribute. That's the word I'm looking for. Mm. It allows you to be do stranger, more interesting things, which is why I always love uh, Zine Quest when that comes around. Right. Because it's not just, oh, it's another D&D thing. Don't get me wrong. I love D&D and I like there's another Kickstarter I saw about like weird mounts for D&D, which I thought would be awesome. But seeing something like this, too, is always very exciting to hit the table because it's nothing like you've experienced. Even though, I will say, Jonathan, World War II and Nazis are pretty big in the board game area. There's like, <laughs> I think right. we, we, we all played it pretty safe. All right, fine. We got the trifecta. It's tr- <laughs> well, you know. We just need a farming game. To, to, <laughs> to well, my next on. pick. No. <laughs> uh, so this uh, the first they came, you can get the digital version for around $12, physical for around $24. And they also have for $60 a, an educational pack if you're like using this as a teacher or something in a classroom. That's really cool, too, because it, it brings history and in, in a fun-ish way. I mean, this seems like something that maybe if you visited like the Holocaust Museum on a like they might have this as like right. if you sign up, like you could actually participate in this. Could be kind of a cool hmm. experience. It's it's some it's some wild stuff. And the price um, isn't bad at all. 
yeah, not too, not too shabby. That includes the music and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, there were, there were a couple other, uh, mm-hmm. cool ones out there this week. There's the Imperial spells and steam is back. Yeah, on Kickstarter. I, I, was, I was debating that one too, because I really did enjoy that when you had the chance to play that. Yeah. And once again, another nice sorting of it in a nice box. And I also just love in general, love nine games allow me to buy a game that has an anime theme that doesn't make me feel like I I'm guilty because it's embarrassing. <laughs> yes. That I can't put in front of like parents or something. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, this is like a train placement game, but it has does some really cool stuff. There's also over on game found. There's the new Hexplore it, which I, I have not played any of the Hexplore it titles, but I'm intrigued by the concept. Um, and just the title. That's yeah. Well, it's, yeah, it's the domain of Mirza Noctis. Oof. Yeah, so this, this is the new one. I also have to say, as a as a bonus pick, we mentioned it on our show a couple weeks back. But the Robinson Crusoe uh, on Game Found, their collector's edition, and you know what we had talked about how yeah, there's there's like some minis, but if you aren't as interested in that, maybe this if you already have Robinson Crusoe, you don't really need to get this new version of it. And I have to say, I've been following it. The stretch goals they've been adding every single day to this thing, which are just they're just like, here's the stretch goal and we you are going to get it, basically. They haven't even been <laughs> like making you unlock it. Have been really good. They have tons of additional minis to replace certain tokens and uh, new cards, new gameplay modes. There's a dice tower that looks like a volcano for you to roll your dice in. Really cool upgrades that have greatly like added to the value of that pledge that's made me very excited to, to play Robinson Crusoe again. Are you going to back it? I, yeah, I already did. Okay, so so, so uh, I'm excited for that. Also, if my I'll tell you my real Kickstarter pick this week, but it's just oh. it's not a legal pick. Is the uh, new Mystery Science Theater Kickstarter for another season of that show? From what season are they up to now? Uh, well, I think it's thirteen. Season. I think would be the newest one, thirteen or fourteen. Okay. I think it's thirteen. Uh, and they're planning like all kinds of like a whole new service. Like they're not doing it since you know Netflix didn't work out. They're doing it all themselves. They're going to have their own website. Oh. They're going to have live events. One of the re- rewards I'm very excited for is a Mystery Science Theater popcorn bucket. That's cool. Ooh. So uh, yeah, that might be one of my favorite uh, classic shows from what was it? Comedy Central aired that originally. It, it went around to a lot of different places. Yeah, I think it started out just like on like basic access, like local cable. Indiana, I believe, or, or somewhere in Indiana mid- or Michigan or uh, uh, one of one of those mini Minnesota, some some place like that. Yeah, something <laughs> so, far away from here. Yes, something far away from here. Anyway, those are our Kickstarter picks for the week. Some some good ones out there. Now we're going to talk about the games we've actually been playing. Let's get some table talk. Table talk. Table talk. About about that a little bit of a, <laughs> I love little, it. The overlapping voices. So the games that we've been playing in the past, however long, it doesn't matter. I don't care when you played them. We're going to talk about them now. Ivan, what have you been playing? Well, June fifteenth, nineteen ninety nine. I started the game of Monopoly. Sorry, that's <laughs> not here nor there. <laughs> So the other night we were playing our long, uh, long going campaign of uh, Dungeons and Dragons. And I play with yeah. um, these two fellows here and some other friends that we have. Yeah, it's true. And it was uh, we, we haven't played for like a month uh, with with everything that's <clears throat> everything that's been going on. 
but we got into it. We we had a nice what like three hour campaign or a three hour uh, session. Uh, maybe two, two and a half. Yeah, yeah. But and, who's counting? Uh, who's well? I there's a big clock in front of me. I was keeping track <laughs> oh, of time. Okay, well, yeah. But um, this was an interesting one. Our our uh, campaigns tend to uh, take some weird turns, weirder than than most other people's. Um, we uh, we found out that our our lizard friends that um <laughs> that was in that's in our campaign that we 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 came across ended up eating something that he, it shouldn't have um and our lizard was um stoned out of its mind <laughs> yeah we should we should clarify since this is a fantasy world this is a lizard friend who's more like a traditional lizard not a not like uh will's not character <laughs> who is more like a walking talking lizard yeah right no this is an actual it's it's larger than most lizards, right? It's a it's a monstrous unknown lizard like creature that you discovered, and uh, a member of our party decided should be their pet. Yeah, a member <laughs> of our party, and uh, so, so that was part of our campaign that we uh, our session that we had to go to a go to a friendly uh, doctor out in the middle of uh, the city and and figure out what was wrong with the lizard and like we said like i said we found out it was just it was high <laughs> that's right <laughs> you know and then on our way back to uh our, our inn to finish up for the evening i ended up meeting with a a cloaked stranger standing on the side of the road and uh we basically left that as a uh, cliffhanger to to do some shady stuff with with our cloaked friends yeah, for for context, if anyone's a first time listener, <laughs> um, which is probably uh, ever, technically is everyone, right? Um, this is yeah, I, this is a game that we have been running for a long time. It's my personal. I've made everything up. We're not going from a book. I'm the GM. Wait, what? And, oh, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. It's that's huh. right. It's all me. And it, often on our Patreon uh, podcast, which we'll talk about that later in the show, <laughs> uh, Will and I will kind of run through some of the events of our role-playing session, but we, we don't usually talk about it otherwise as a group. So it's interesting to, I think it can be interesting to kind of have a post-mortem and discuss just what went on. Although it can be also tricky because as the GM, I can't, I don't want to say anything. Right. Or, give anything yeah. away. He but tells me everything though. So I know what's supposed to happen for the next three months. It's actually oh. nothing. Cause well, we won't be able to meet up because something's right. going on. Uh, any any takeaways or anything you want to add about our session will i'm gonna be honest this is probably one of my least favorite sessions <laughs> oh man wow <laughs> bringing I, it down I, I just felt a lot of things like because we all right so back up if you don't if you didn't listen to patreon knew what happened before we pretty much dealt with with what i'm just going to call black hole i know it's not one as jonathan Beecher, <laughs> very clear but something similar that nearly it was a vortex it was a, portal a vortex of some kind it nearly know. sucked us into some dark realm because some goblins tricked us so i'm like all right you know let's go try to find these goblins and find tracks mm, you didn't find anything but 20 gold okay you did find some cool chess symbols oh yeah you found okay cool is there chest. anything about this symbols they got some animal drawings on them oh let me go to the library no one chimes up till we hit the library and it's like, eh, they're not like specific. They're just like, you know, a, a slime. So like, okay, there's no reason for me to actually go to the library. On the way to the library, the fish market where you bought the thing that made that lizard high, which we did not know he was high yet, just that he was poisoned, it looked like. You found his the suit. That's it. No clues of where he went or anything. 
nothing else of interest. Well, you Is found it, you found the clue that there were goblins that it was goblins in the suit. Right, but that there wasn't anything for us to move forward on that, I guess. It was just like it's more you've been had again. <laughs> I just didn't feel like I had anything to move forward. So like the library was a dead end. Everything just felt like dead ends. Like even the the lizard, he's high. It's not like, oh, he's been poisoned by the rare eucalyptus flower or something. That only grows. Like it just felt everything came to a dead end. It was like, and that's why I like it. Like, eh, I guess we'll call it a night. Yeah, I'm going to bed. Hmm. Well, um, okay. I mean, should I? I, I won't try to defend myself or uh, right. or backseat. Look, I mean, sometimes with roll. Yeah, look, I'm just. You know, I'm usually positive on the things. It's just that's that's how I felt during well, most of it. I, I feel like I was the opposite. This is like the the, the session where I've I've done the most. <laughs> striking up the, the the conversation with our, our our newfound friend and you mean are you talking about what happened in the last three minutes of the session it was like 15 20 minutes yeah, yeah it, was, it wasn't it wasn't three but minutes. um no but, but building up on a um building a new story um yeah i mean i uh i will i will just say there were definitely th- threads i expected you guys to follow on maybe and some in different ways than you did. Certainly the, um, so you, as you alluded to, you found this metal chest with engravings on it and multiple keyholes. This is actually something that I'm adapting a little bit. I, from Tasha's guide to everything source book mm-hmm. that I'm changing up a little bit and it's, it is a puzzle, but it's, I, I did not expect you to, do what you did i was so it, it took me you know as usual i you know that's what the kind of how it goes jamming a D game uh but well, especially with our group i i also just feel like uh for me from you know it was as you said it had been a few weeks since we had last played and i think there was as usual with our group a little bit of uh what was happening what should we do i feel like that's right. always how it goes <laughs> i guess i just felt everything just felt like a dead end where like nothing of like the the la- i felt like the story ended on all right something new to follow and then we stopped but another thing that annoyed me with the library thing was i said it like very early on and we, then we did some other stuff on the way there and when we finally get there i'm like certain stuff then someone p- chimes up and like i don't think this is a good idea and i'm just like <laughs> Okay. <laughs> well, I, I, I think also, um, uh, I know at least one of our party members was very tired <laughs> and falling asleep towards the end. Well, literally. we do also play kind of late on yeah. Fridays. Yeah. But. There's, there's, a, there's a lot of things we could do to make things better, but I'll, uh, yes. Note taken. Mm, mm, fewer dead ends, more clues. Added to my, I'm sorry. Yes. My book. <laughs> no, we but see, I'm the opposite. I want more dead ends. Mm, ah, <laughs> more note taken cross off <laughs> like the the chest things inter- i just think th- right now so I'll, I'll quickly explain there's a chest with four symbols that's correct i feel like it's at least in my head uh, you don't don't tell me anything it's like oh they have symbols we need to find the creatures with those keys because it is magical by the way i did try to open it with a crowbar i did roll poorly but i i, I think that was going to happen no matter what was it a magic crowbar it's not a magic crowbar. I do not have the crowbar from Marvel. Mm. Um, but it just feels like that. The problem with that one is it's like, here's something that you're really just going to have to wait until future. Like, there's nothing. You can't really act on it. 
I don't know if that makes sense, Jonathan. Mm. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. At least I could be completely wrong, but that's how I felt about it. Like it's but as somebody who's we'll now, know when we hit it three sessions from now. As somebody who's playing a lot of point and click games as of late, I kind of like having that 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 item that's kind of just sitting in your bag, haunting you and being like, "Oh wait, oh, no, we, that, we need to yeah, do this." It's good, like in a vacuum. The problem is with everything else going, like with nothing else to follow with that. I don't even know how to follow that thing yet. Like, I assume that thing will just come back to, I don't want to say bite us, because I don't think it's going to be bad per se. Oh, it might bite us. It could. It like could. Actually, it could. No, no, like, actually. That's a trick. Teeth. It's a chest, but inside the chest is the mimic. You didn't see that coming. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah. regardless, uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how much we keep talking about uh, D&D week to week. Now, I mean, yes. I am sorry that I brought up a sore subject. But I do have another, <laughs> another um, not so fun game I wanted to bring to your attention. <laughs> so I went to, um, I don't know if you know the store Five Below. Oh, yeah. Familiar with that one. They have mm-hmm. a growing game section in, in a lot of the Five Belows. And I'm walking down the aisle, and, and I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a fan of movies and uh, making movies, watching movies. They had something called Movie Trivia Cards. It's in a, a box that looks like a VHS tape. It's it's a, it's a cute little small game. It was $4. Maybe one of the most generic titles <laughs> you could possibly think of. <laughs> I should have um, had you there or maybe texted you <laughs> because it's the most generic non-game I've ever picked up. I opened the box ex- expecting to see some kind of uh, rule card or rule pamphlet. There are zero rules, instructions, or there's just no information in this box. It is literally two decks of random movie questions and answers. That's it. What is the, um, what is the year this was published? Are they, are they modern movie questions? Does it have a specific, is it like about a certain genre or just all over the place? So all it says is 100 questions from your favorite movies. Um, the copyright is, 2017 through 2018 which okay. i think for it's a it's a spread out copyright <laughs> um it's it's made by the company gift republic so i'm really thinking this is just kind of like a stocking stuffer kind of thing um but it, it's it's very weird i'm happy it, it, it's cool just to have random trivia cards especially for like live streams or whatever but um yeah, we tried playing it last night, and there really was no playing. Right. <laughs> it's like a road trip game, it sounds like. Right. Danny and I, uh, Danny, my fiance, uh, and I were just asking each other questions back and forth and basically making up our own rules with it, which is, right. I guess, cool. You kind of <laughs> like, too, but it's very sad. <laughs> Honestly, why don't... This is probably a really great way to make easy money is you, like you don't need to get any kind of copyright or anything if it's a trivia game. Just make do this very lazy, throw it in a box that probably sells at like every airport in America, <laughs> you know, every gas station. I yeah. mean, not even trivia, just do things like uh, if you remember the Family Feud Marvel that we played a <laughs> while back and there's like which hero would be the best at a barbecue? I think that does right. count as trivia technically, by the way. But yes. Uh, but isn't that still... more opinion? Not, I guess trivia to me is like. Oh, a, yeah. You know, a... I guess you're right. You're right. Yeah, I guess you're right. But I do have a, 
I have a few questions if you guys want to answer some uh, questions. Yeah, let's sure. Let's see what's just give to us give an you an array of how well you'll see. So one of the random cards I picked was who directed Taxi Driver. Can I should I buzz in? <laughs> sure, buzz in. <laughs> These are not the kinds of things I know well. <laughs> I would say Martin Scorsese. Yes. So that you, you would get a point for that. But on so the way they did these cards is the question and the answer are both on the same side. <laughs> so you really you really need another person to play this. <laughs> right. So you need like a, a a Jeopardy host to to read the questions to you. And that's they should have just marketed this as, hey, while you're sitting at home in a Zoom meeting, take these cards out and entertain your 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 family or your group of friends. Cause it's mm. yeah, you can't really you can't really play these cards. Well, that's movie trivia cards if you're at a five below and you see it. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, I guess don't maybe pick it up. Don't pick it up, or if it's at the dollar store, pick it up. <laughs> now, uh, Will and I played some games together. Mm. Well, what did we play? Well, first off, we played the movie a trivia card game second edition. No. <laughs> yeah, way better. <laughs> Less cards. Well, we played Dive. This was actually a prototype. It is a new game in which you are trying to collect sea turtles. By diving into, in essence, the sea, represented by these see-through cards. Now, there's also going to be sharks, and you want to be make sure you're prepared for when the sharks come around. The idea is it's a press-your-luck game when each person hides their tokens behind a, a, a sheet or something. A and screen. You're gonna, a screen, that's the word. You're going to look at the center of the table where the clear cards are stacked up and be like, okay, it looks like the shark's two cards down. I can't be certain. And you're going to place bubbles tokens from, you have like one through five on a row of five bubble sheets. Now you can stack them up to, because if you hit a turtle, whoever put more points there gets the that point. But if it's a shark space, you need to make sure you have the shark side up. It's almost like you're prepared to deal with the shark. If not, then you've made a mistake, whether you put no sharks, whether there is a shark or did put sharks and there isn't one. And you stop your dive there. It was a very weird, interesting game because it's all about trying to understand like with the layering of the see-through cards and some of them aren't like have bubbles in them in essence. So you're like, I think that shark's above it. I'm not sure. Yeah. And it definitely interesting to see. And I do think like more often than not with the prototypes, like I get it. I can see how it is. I can get around it. But like we mentioned this, like, man, this is going to look so much nicer with not scratched up clear cards. Right. Like, I don't think something to actually hold against the prototype because I something I assume that would be fixed or at least much easier in the newer one. Uh, we, we will uh, at some point have a, a video preview of this on our channel. But to give you an, a better idea, when, like we're you're saying cards, but it's they're not like typical card size cards. They're like these yes. big square and they're much thicker. They're all they're almost like um, I don't know what I would uh, compare them to, but it's it's like a thick, transparent tile almost it's, it's more like than, than a card hmm. and um yeah as you said there's like 30 or so maybe 30 or 40 layered and you're trying to see like the top five and yeah like look through and like where is that it's a very unique this is from um the same company that did magic maze so definitely their uh, i think like their their mo is doing these very innovative different kind of games and uh it's got some 
it was it was a pretty interesting concept. There's a variant rule where you can use a flashlight to try to get a better angle, like look mm-hmm. all around it to see if you can figure it out. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, very simple. And I think the main thing we didn't have was it just didn't look as nice as far as the prototype was concerned. But right, and and like you said, the cards were kind of scuffed up. But I think we got the mostly this the gist of of what we would play with the now, version. Do you think this is like too much of a gimmicky game? Not to me. I kind of like gimmicks. Okay. I, I, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was I was enjoying it. I thought it was really fun and it was something different. And there's also like pets you can bring in too that help you out in some really hilarious ways. Like one you can quickly throw on the board and be like, it's covering up things now. You have right. to guess. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's some cool stuff going on with yeah, that. Any new gimmick to a board game or tabletop game is is fun because it makes you it takes you out of the the mindset of every other game. Yes, it definitely does its it very much its own thing. It spices it up, if you will. That's right. <laughs> so that's Dive, which stay tuned to our channel to get a look at it. I think it's going to be released later this month or maybe in May. We'll we, find out. We need a, a good sound effect when you say Dive, like like the sound effect of a... Uh, dive, dive, dive. There it is. That's it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What else are you were playing? Also with me. <laughs> <laughs> well... The, another thing is the one I've actually talked about before, but finally I got to have it hit the table with Jonathan is Seven Wonders Duel. This is the two-player version of Seven Wonders in which you will be drafting cards and try to prove your civilization is the best one. Yeah, yeah. And like you said, if, if you've heard our podcast, you know we, we we are, sorry, our Patreon podcast, you know that we are new to this game, even though it is a few years old now. Uh, it's for some reason... Two, we're bad at playing two-player games, even though there's two of us. I don't know why it happens, but it does. Well, the issue is we do a lot of our gaming with other people at the table. So it's always like, now's not the time to take out the two-player one. So we always just keep... They're the ones that are very likely to get put off to the side and like for later. Right, right. And we really don't like either splitting up the groups either because what mm. tends to happen there is... The, with our... Before everything that has gone down, in the before times... Really, Jonathan and I were the main source of board games. Like, no one else really brought too many other things. So that would mean if we split up, we need to split up. But we want to both play the same game so we can both experience it. So that was the other another big issue. Anyways, back to this one. <laughs> yeah. I so, already talked a lot. Oh, sorry, Ivan, what? No, I was just saying, so Seven Wonders Duel, is that a expansion to nope, the original? standalone. Okay, standalone. how does it... Um, differ from i mean yes it's two players so original seven wonders is a drafting game where you pass cards from your hand for each era and then get points in this one you're laying the cards out in a pattern of face up and face down cards in which you can only take a card on your turn if it's not covered by any cards okay Right, so, so, you don't, this... so you don't pass back and forth. You take turns. I'm going to take this one. Now I take this one. And like, if you take a card, it might result in a new card being uncovered. So you have to think, like, maybe I shouldn't take that because I don't want them to get it next time. So is this like a fresh... Like, if you are used to playing Seven Wonders, the original version, is this a fresh game? In the sense that it's shorter. I think you get oh, yeah, a, a lot similar faster. experience, but oh, okay. it's very quick. And not in a way that I think it degrades it, though I'm sure we can talk a bit more about that. I, since I already talked about it, Jonathan, I want you to, your opinion, since this was your first go at it. Yeah, well, this, I mean, this game is, like, so hyped. I feel like it's often speak, spoken about as, you know, one of the best two-player games. Everybody loves it. Um, and I liked it. 
I liked it. It was uh, definitely it was seven wonders. Like I felt pretty much right at home. I found I guess because it was so much faster. And I guess that's one of the things that's different and can be a, a positive about this game. And also, I don't know if I just got lucky with how things came out, but uh, I, I won and I felt I never felt that I really had too many tough choices to make. I don't know if I was just lucky with the way the cards were laid out, but I, I felt that I was able to compared to, again, regular Seven Wonders, you know, it's quicker. Uh, I, I was able to get my engine, so to speak, or like just get my stuff in motion, know what I wanted to do. I felt very quickly. And I, I felt like I expected it to feel a little more. I didn't feel super accomplished by the end of it because I almost just felt like, yeah, well, this stuff was just like handed to me. I took the cards mm. that gave me the good resources and I built it like pretty quickly. I had what I needed. It wasn't that hard to get. I didn't really feel like satisfied in a way of, oh, man, I really I really came out ahead on this one. It just kind of felt like, yeah, well, I did. I did the stuff. Like what else would I have done? And I want, <laughs> I don't, I don't know if that, if you felt that way at all playing separately or the, what I felt, especially in this one. And I do think once again, this comes to a luck because it's a back and forth and with a variety of cards, like not like um, a game that does something very similar. The chocolate game that we played from AEG truffle shuffle, truffle shuffle. Uh, I felt like there are a lot of times where I'm like, I want that card. And I'm literally counting, like, it's literally impossible for me to get that card. Mm. Like, just the back and forth nature. Mm -hmm. So you, like, so you just, can, like, tell if you're going to win right off the bat. No, I don't know when. It's a little bit easier, yes, because there's only two people. Any two-player game, it's a lot easier to, because for every person you throw in, there's more chaos. But it, especially with this, because mm -hmm. it's like, whether Jonathan likes to or not, he has to take a card on his turn. Yeah, even you know, if it's not you don't you can do different things. Like you don't have to build it. You could trade it in for money or something, but you have to take a card. Okay. So it's lies to be like, I cannot get this card or that card. And then of course there was a lot of times like, all right, I'll take this and fine. And the thing that flips over is like, and there's the resource. Right. In the beginning and right. stuff like that. So I still have a lot of fun, especially because it's shorter. Um, and I want to try out the expansions. Yeah, I think that's the thing with it. Maybe the expansions make it better, but it's not like like I they're just going for a different thing. Like it's you know, I think it's it's a bite-sized version of it, which I I, I yeah. didn't I guess I didn't I knew it was a two-player version. I didn't expect it to feel so much also like a light version of it. I still okay. liked it a lot in the end, and I still think I would put it on my two-player list of like favorite two-player games when we did that a while back. I do feel, once again, just the nature of it. I, I don't know where it would place. I don't think it'd, it'd be one, but I now, think it, it would definitely place solid middle. If you've never played Seven Wonders, the, the original version before, do you think this would get you into playing the main game? I think so, but I think you, depending on uh, your, you know, how you like games, you may actually be disappointed because in this one, you only focus on one person. And it's a lot easier to know what you're going to get, like I said. In okay. Seven Wonders, you know, you're passing hands. Next thing you know, be like, where'd that card go? And then, like, the person to your left is, like, building a huge military. You're like, oh, no. So this is, like, a more casual version of Seven Wonders. Honestly, yes. I would say that. Okay. Yeah. I would say because it's quicker. You only have to focus on one person. It's not nearly as stressful. I did like the what part. they did with the, with the military track. I think that was a smart way of handling it. You have, like, this 
sort of tug, tug of, war. of war. Yeah, you just track. You're trying oh. to push this piece back and forth. This the science too is a lot simpler. Yeah, though I will say, technically in my copy, it's it's a little nerfed because I'm missing a science card. Wah, wah. Because in the regular Seven Wonders, it's like a, the scoring system for that is like it squares itself. I can't remember the exact rules, but it's much more. You have to do more calculations. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's Seven Wonders Duel, a game everyone but us has played. But now we're in that group, both of <laughs> us as well. And the last thing that we played that we'll talk about was the newest Marvel Champions expansion, Galaxy's Most Wanted, which is all about Guardians of the Galaxy stuff. It includes Rocket and Groot as heroes. And Will and I played uh, the first scenario, although we didn't. there is a mini campaign uh, included in the box. We didn't play with the campaign rules. We just did the first scenario, which is up against a guy named Drang, who's a badoon. <laughs> He's my cousin. <laughs> and um, I played as Rocket Raccoon. Will was Groot. And this is, if you don't know, we've talked about it already in this show, even co-op. Uh, game you have a hand of cards you're trying to play different upgrades and weapons and things to defeat a villain take out their health before they add too many threat points to a scheme card and rocket raccoon who i played was all about um, having different weapons available and what was cool about him was that normally if you have you have items that have charges on them so there are these little tokens and it's like you can use it three times after you played it and then it is discarded and rockets don't get discarded and you can instead use a battery pack card to recharge those items or you can use a different ability to discard it but then get it back easily and draw some cards in reward for doing so so you're kind of constantly cycling through different weapons throwing them out into the field emptying them out, recharging them. He also likes to deal a lot of excess damage. That's another one of his big things. He likes to be aggressive. Um, so uh, I thought it was I thought it was pretty fun. I, I enjoyed his play style, but I definitely didn't quite get in sync with it the way that I think you did with Groot. <laughs> yeah, I'm pr- I feel like I got Groot is your Groot's- place. That is your play style, I think. He well, he definitely is without customizing it. Like I, I I definitely felt like when Regar- I, played I think Marvel, regardless. Yes, I like permanence. I like things staying on the field, and that's what he does. <laughs> you like, you like he, to do like a slow build, mm-hmm. right? Like defensive kind of. I'm a turtler. I'm a turtler. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's his thing. Is he? Yeah, he he uh, gets growth tokens, and then he can use those to uh, do extra threat clearing and other other goodies alongside his cards, and you know, like right. a, like a tree. Like a tree. He, he plays a lot, actually, like who I also really enjoyed. Iron Man. Which is funny because I also thought Rocket Raccoon is, was a little bit like Iron Man, but I think less so than I initially thought after playing. Well, the him. thing is, b- well, both Rocket and Groot more or less have ammo. Hmm. Like you need charge counters, whether it's the growth counters or that. Iron Man does not. But uh, I feel Groot, like you felt. It seems like you get maybe one or two counters and be like, you can have one big turn and then you really need those battery packs. Groot's growth is on his own card. Like, I didn't have to search for cards to do that. Mm. But though there is one card that's like, it's a superpower that you get to draw and get a growth token, which I feel like I'm going to have to dig for that card until I get it first. Like, in, in the game, I need that early. 
I want to get that really fast and get it on the table. I think a lot of characters have. Yes, said I think like that. honestly, any of these games like this, Sentinels, it's whatever your hero is. They usually have like they have a thing. You if you want to do well, you probably want that in the first third of the game. Right. Yeah. That's what that you got that mulligan and then. I, I usually characters like that will have something like they'll have a card that lets you look through your deck or get it out. Some of them, even if it's really important, say in setup, you just get this in your hand or you start with it in play, um, which is which is pretty nice. But uh, yeah, so far I had pretty fun. I thought the scenario, the Drang scenario was pretty cool. And I'm interested to explore the rest of the different villains you can go up against. Mm-hmm. I've heard that it's very um, I heard that it's tough. I heard that's a little bit of a harder campaign, maybe than the Red Skull box. I will say I haven't played the, anything on the Red Skull. I do felt I did feel this this scenario like group feels he's meant to play it. Like I know you don't have to go in with the heroes in there, but just the way it's worded and how Groot's power works, it's like yeah, he counters that pretty well or like interacts with it in a very. It's very helpful in a way. Yeah, a lot of his cards definitely Guardian centric. Mm-hmm. So that's Guardians most, or sorry, Galaxy's most wanted. That's available now, and soon we're going to get Star Lord and Gamora. So and Endrax is coming up too. So you you can get the whole gang together if you want to. Um, now that's that's all the games we've been playing, but we have a very exciting segment here. That I'm ready. I, we're we're gonna we're gonna have a little fun on our own as we play a board game game, a board game game. A board game game? That's right. So uh, this part of the show, every single week, we're going to have uh, some kind of a little mini game inspired by uh, board games in various ways. And this week, I'm very excited because I'm introducing, of course, a brand new game for the show, which I'm calling Screen to Table. I don't have a separate jingle for that. That's not- oh. <laughs> and... Uh, of course, uh, you know Ivan. You're talking about zombie movies. I know you're you're a you're a movie buff. You're a you're a fan yep. of the films. And in screen to table, let me tell you what we do. Uh, we are going Please. to take a property. Maybe it's a movie. Could be could be something else. This week it's going to be a movie, and try to come up with uh, perhaps as a group or perhaps individually what the board game adaptation, what that version of this property would look like and i have chosen the property that we're going to be playing that game with this week very topical of course because i know that all of us have been excited and have recently watched the brand new trailer for any uh any guys the new hotness oh is it going to be um the new evangelion movie that came out it's not that no it's not that well if it already came out you wouldn't be watching the trailer for it would you well the english trailer (laughs) <laughs> no is it going to be space jam uh, uh, yes of course everyone um, i'm leaving the every, show everyone's been watching space jam a new legacy with lebron james it's coming back i thought it would be fun to try to figure out and it, it doesn't have to be the new one it can just be space jam as a property what does space jam the board game look like now this could be a board game card game rpg um it, c- it could have an app involved what, whatever you Whatever you think this game would be, does anyone oh, does anyone have a, a pitch? Uh, that... The second you were talking about it, I know exactly what the board is going to look like. <laughs> and right. if any of my internet nerds, uh, you probably know exactly what I'm talking about. We should we should just for 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 listen in case anyone doesn't know. Of course, Space Jam is uh, right. 
the classic 90s picture uh, in which the Looney Tunes, Bugs Bunny and the like, team up with Michael Jordan to face off against an alien team in a basketball game. And oh, some I was thinking of a, I was thinking of a different movie. You're thinking of a, the other Space Jam. Different, the other Space Jam. Are we? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the board I want is based on the 1990s GeoCities website for the original <laughs> Space Jam movie, which they just took off the internet no, for the new. Let movie. me. I should. You can still access this website. It still ex, <laughs> it still exists, but it is no longer at SpaceJam.com. You have to click a little thing and you you can still see it though just because that it. was the website up until like this year yes there for some was, reason someone at warner brothers never pulled the plug on the original space jam <laughs> website and that has been like my go-to when people were like oh what's a bad website to you or what screams 90s i'll be like wait one second i'm gonna pull <laughs> right. up this website so i think the game has to be based on this um masterpiece of a website <laughs> yeah. All right. Very nice. So here's how I think it's going to go down. Since this is involving basketball and sports, that means we're going to have to follow what EA does. This is going to be a trading card game in which, obviously, if you want certain athletes and or cartoon characters, maybe even Game of Thrones characters, we'll see whatever Water Brothers wants to throw in there. On your team, you're going to have to open packs. They'll be rare, and they'll only print limited numbers. For example, there's a LeBron James card in the starter deck, but if you want the super-powered version, that one's going to cost you extra and only sold at Arby's. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Arby's. So, uh, I mean, yes, obviously this is not what you would want. <laughs> wait, wait, what do you mean? If you were actually designing a Space Jam game, what would you, what would you want to see? I think it'd still be a card game, but I think it'd be more like I don't want to say living card game because I don't think it could have that big of a lifespan, but it would be almost, I'm sure there's a better game that can uh, design this, but maybe something like Summoner Wars. Like there'd be a board like that and you'd have characters on the field. You move around that way mm -hmm. and you could sort of build a custom team, quote unquote. Like there could be like this works i have a i have a bugs bunny team it's all bugs bunny characters including big chungus which was added to one of their apps so he's canon <laughs> yeah we all know about big chungus being canon in the looney tunes gotcha app <laughs> now so, i'm i'm thinking because of this um i don't know if you guys have dove deep into this this trailer but they do have cameos from yes. you know scooby well, yeah that's why i mentioned uh, game of thrones cuz i'm pretty sure he flies by the <laughs> Game of now Thrones, there's going to be Wonder Woman, uh, the Lord of the Rings. Clockwork Orange? Yes, for some reason, the Clockwork Orange. Because nothing screams a, a, a children's movie like a <laughs> Clockwork Orange. It's very bizarre. My my pitch for this game is, I think it's I think at its core, it's got to be a basketball game. I think you have minis or standees of some mm. kind. Probably probably minis, because I think you could make it look nice and be like, you know, all 3D and they're recognizable. And I think you make a standard... A more or less the, the the foundation of it is a basketball a turn-based basketball board game hmm. and the ball is here you pass it to this person however that works but each character and I, i'm thinking i'm thinking it's a co-op fully co-op game so like the monsters let's say are are controlled by cards and dependent or something like that and the characters like i'm bugs bunny and i have a special ability bugs bunny can do a wacky free throw 
or whatever <laughs> and and do something or he can he can dress up like a girl and distract a monster and steal a ball from them or something and i i think there's also got to be there's some kind of like a stamina system as to how many how much much you can move or how many actions you can do on your turn and i think you can get items and you can refill your stamina if you if you drink michael's secret stuff <laughs> Remember Michael's secret stuff from oh, the Space Jam All film? too well. All too <laughs> uh, well, my friend. Turns out it's just water, but they don't know. To them, it, it, it encourages them and lifts their spirits. Uh, so that's, 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 my, that's what I think. And I think, I think maybe Come On can do it. <laughs> you've also had a lot more time to think about this than we have. Hey, I, I didn't say your ideas weren't good. I think they're, <laughs> I think they're spectacular. I, I imagine if uh, Come On did, it would be very similar art style to their Marvel game. I was thinking since they also they already have the license to that other Looney Tunes. Uh, oh yeah, right. I forget what that's called. Looney Tunes wacky action. <laughs> well, then they could. How about the Looney Tunes back in action game after this, where Brendan Fraser comes in? <laughs> yeah. Are you, do you guys like? What do you think? Is Space Jam a good movie? I haven't watched it in a very long time. <laughs> yeah. So I'm afraid to. But my childhood self loved it. I'm pretty sure I remember I enjoying it, it but I remember thinking like it wasn't as good as the regular Looney Tunes. Like I just enjoy watching the the short. <laughs> when, right. like, you, when you were a cartoons. kid, you thought that? Yeah. Like <laughs> I just so funny. thought those were more fun. I was not like, I was not that critical of anything when I was a kid. I was like, Oh, is there a cartoon in it? Yeah. That's my favorite movie. I didn't care what <laughs> I did not care. I mean, the thing I'm, I'm, I'm making it sound more critical now. It's more like, it was good. I like the TV shows. I like the like that's like you know. No, I, was, I think I I think I saw this in theaters because I was six, six or seven. Oh, I know I saw. It. I I remember. I assume I did. I can remember <laughs> a little bit of a tangent here. Seeing like one of the first movies I saw posters for in the movie theater. The original Space Jam posters were just like Bugs Bunny in silhouette, and it just said like Space Jam on it. And you know oh. we didn't have we didn't have the internet really the way we do now so i just remember being like we i I was like we need to ask uh, one of the theater attendants i need to know what space jam is like i was already like one of the first times i was that hyped for a movie before it came out (laughs) when i was i must have been six years old you know seven imagine six-year-old jonathan walking up to a teenager working (laughs) at the movie theater for minimum wage Hey, what's Space Jam? And the guy's like, just get away from me. I was probably on my dial-up looking at that website, <laughs> downloading waves of, of the sound clips Oh yeah, of Tweety Bird saying something funny. I think that would be a, a good thing we can do, just do a podcast where we watch the movie mm-hmm. and, 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 and talk about the movie as we're watching it. Yeah, you, like a, like, a I, mystery yeah, I science think, I don't think anyone's ever done that before. It's a good, it's a good idea. All right, so that's Space Jam. That was screen to table. That's our first. That's our first game. Of course, we're gonna have a different game every week mm-hmm. with maybe some recurring. This may pop up again in the future. Who knows? We could do all kinds of fun things. Hey, you guys hear that? Hear those little that little chittering sound? You know what, what? that is? What? Meeple Gallery. It's the Meeples that, t- that talk to us. <laughs> I quit. Of course, we refer to our uh, our fans sometimes on the show as the Meeple Gallery. It's supposed to the Peanut Gallery, and that's uh, this is the segment of the show where we are going to be taking a question from you, the listeners. Now, of course, this is our very first show, and very few people know that it exists. So, unfortunately, we were not able to get a question in this week. But we want you to know 
that you can submit them and we will read them on the air. You can send those into meeplegallery at gmail.com and we will read them. Any questions about anything in the board game world related to any subject tangentially, a question about a specific game, maybe something, maybe an argument that you will need us to settle that you had at a game night, whatever, whatever's going on in the world. Anyone have any, uh, any sample you want to want to chat a little you know, bit? I have a question for you guys. <laughs> Great. <All right. laughs> if you can make a board game, any board game you wanted, what would what Space would that board Space Jam game be? the board game. Done. <laughs> <laughs> I think we already settled this. Are you are well, you asking about um like a property or do you mean like just any like if you had unlimited funds fantasy uh, flight uh, comes to you today and says guess what right right we'll write you a check whatever you need i don't it doesn't mm. matter what it is doesn't you get the best creator the best art team the best whatever what idea do you give them to make a game oh man what idea would i give i mean um, I'm, i mean <sighs> yeah i'm trying not to the, my obviously first instinct as you said is just to go oh what's my favorite movie that doesn't have a game yet and i want to make right. a game based on it um yeah i don't know that i have a uh, i have you know i think like many board game players i have a i, I have a i have a desk full of abandoned game ideas like if you're in la you have a desk full of scripts that aren't made <laughs> um but nothing I, I would want, you know, I would always want to make a game like the kinds of games that I like, which probably means it would be, especially if I had unlimited money, it would probably have a heavy narrative focus. It would probably have some kind of very immersive thematic app like element. And there would be a story and variability and new things you could discover every time you played. I'd probably make Gloomhaven, I guess. I don't know. Oh, Okay. <laughs> Yeah. That's been made already. I well, think the bigger thing, I mean, money is always the thing. The thing would be more of me. I think it'd be the bigger issue. Because I think I'd want to make, try to come something like a really like unique, like those zines we talked about before. Mm. Something that is just mm. small, but very different. Yeah. I think that would be something I'd be pretty proud of. Obviously, if I was going to make something like Gloomhaven and just become one of the most well-known game designers around that would be great too but that would be a plus that really would and then i would take those two theaters or studios and be like hey want to make a movie based on this game there you go <laughs> get that cross backwards uh cross what, promotion what about you ivan i um i've always wanted to make you know that those awful or great vhs games that we used to play on halloween the mm, nightmare games i will never forget them <laughs> some kind of new take on those but with a VR element. Oh. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I'm surprised there hasn't been a new release that YouTube, uses YouTube. Either YouTube or a phone app or something like that that um, that just revamps that, that kind of idea. I, I know there's a Star Trek version. There's the ones we've played that switched All companies right. or names. But Hear yeah. me out. So we... Just like Atmosphere and the nightmare games you know how each one has a different host right so what what you do is same kind of style i don't know whatever the story is maybe someone's trapped online or something each one can have a different theme but the way it works is so let's say we buy the first game and le let's just call it nightmare two for now or <laughs> night nightmare returns nightmare returns two does not make nightmare a new legacy but the way it works is in, it instructs you to a YouTube playlist. 
And now the, fir the, the first video is just explaining how to set up the game, but you put it on random play. And once it jumps to the next video, that way, like, you know, sometimes it's like when he pops in at the five minute mark, it could now be at the seven minute mark. You don't mm. know which video is playing. Mm. Yeah. So, so it's a random, something so, you couldn't do with VHS tapes because they're very right. linear. I could be, I think some of the later versions of that were on DVD and I think they maybe did something like that. Huh. Mm. I mean, there's, I DVDs would be. Yeah, there's also scenes. How would you do it on a DVD? That you can have like, I think you can program it so it randomly will play. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. Um, well, of course, anything I think of has been done at least 10 years in advance. But it's still, but the, I mean, it's still a good idea. I'm sure you could do more interesting things with it than they did. But the VR element, it would be hard because you would have to have each person there either sharing a VR helmet, headset, or each one have their own. Yeah, there's always headset. AR. Actually. True. What well, could be, instead of making, I mean, I would love a full everyone has VR thing. But that requires everyone to have the computer, the VR's headset, combination, whatever. What if well, it just the required headset these days, but yeah. Just one. And that was actually part of the thing. It's like, I must have the youngest in the headset. So you have to like swap out and like you're working. To, like it's more of an mm. escape room kind of thing like that. Right. So it's like whoever has the headset on has the See secret. something different or yeah. Yeah, that could right. work. I guess that's pretty much just that bomb game. Right. Keep talking and nobody explodes. Yeah. Right. But I mean, that's an interesting concept that you could do a lot of different things with. I mean, honestly, we should probably just cut this segment of the show yeah, this and, is um, <laughs> and and go and make these real ideas. So We're, you'll see them on Kickstarter. We are going to. Uh, now, if you want to try to top that question and write us your own, you can, again, at meeplegallery at gmail.com. And uh, that's going to bring us to the end of the show. Ivan has been our very first guest. Ivan, if people wanted to find more of you outside of oh. Roll for Crit, could they do it? No. Yes. There are, so I have two YouTube channels that you can find me on. Um, I, I am a big lover of snack foods. And uh, reviewing those snack foods, you can find me on YouTube at uh, The Snack Guy. I also do a lot of uh, photography and nature uh, documentaries, and you could find that on YouTube as well. Destination Relax on YouTube. Well, there you go. And I know you're on you're on the Twitter and the Instagram. Twitter, Instagram, um, MySpace. <laughs> yep. You got uh, a geosite? Friendster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, those are all good. If you want more Roll for Crit, you can subscribe to our Patreon page, become a high roller, where you can get access to our Discord channel, as well as bonus goodies like additional episodes of podcasts. And what's great about the fact that we are starting this new podcast um, late into our Patreon life is that right now for $5, you can get access to about 100, probably over 100 hours, I will say, of additional audio content. So yeah, if, we were we were about to hit episode 100 there. So, so if, you know, if you're listening to this and you're like, ah, I wish there was more, there's a lot more uh, of us mm -hmm. talking about board games and other stuff too. Uh, but you can check that out. Uh, of course, our YouTube channel is at youtube.com slash roll for crit. We post videos and reviews. Um, we are going to be streaming on our Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash roll for crit live. Uh, so that's right. Stay tuned for more details about that. And we have merch. We have roll for crit merch t-shirts, mugs, etc. You can find it at rollforcrit.com slash merch. So how's, is that everything we need to plug? My favorite part's the etc. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Sheep. 
And you know, please. We, yeah. uh, thank you again for listening to this first podcast as we continue to tweak it a little bit here and there. And thank you, Ivan, for joining us as our first guest. Oh, not a problem. Uh, if you ever need me again, I'll. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, and we will have uh, more guests every week, so you got to stay tuned and subscribe. Leave a review if you liked us on iTunes. I, I hear that's good to do. And always great. Let us know if you have any suggestions or other feedback in addition to your questions as to what you'd like to see on the podcast. You're, you're still talking to me, right? I am. Okay. <laughs> so that's all for this one. You know what? We rolled a six, but I thought it was, I thought it was all right. <laughs> Just you're not going to give a number. You know, what? Just, that's all a right. Full ten. <laughs> yeah, I think it's like I think it's like a ten, a ten that's at a least six point five. Um, I think we all got a lot of we all had a lot of experience points out of that one. I give us all an inspiration. Oh, perfect. We should have used it at the start of the show. Yeah. Well, uh, once again, my name is Jonathan Estes. I'm Will. What? You don't get a last name? <laughs> that's right. People- From now on, I am just. <laughs> Will. People got to know who we are. Uh, and this has been Roll for Crit. <laughs> <laughs>